Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life. Encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends, offering perspectives of hope through Jesus Christ. Today, we are reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. This program is in memoriam to Grammy Award winner James Ingram, who passed away on January 29th, 2019. Join us now. Open your heart to what God has to say to you. His recording career has spanned 40 years. His songs are known worldwide. And his name, well, a household name. In a world of shooting star fame that vanishes as quickly as it mesmerizes and short-lived romance, where's the foundation? of lasting hope. Where do you find that? His story, well, it's about a meteoric rise. But there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes which speaks about sustainability. How did it happen? When did it actually take place? Who did God use? It may surprise you. It will also encourage you. As usual, we pause at the beginning of the show just to remind you the reason we have the Good Life Hawaii radio show is to bring you closer and closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. For you to know that whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever challenge it might be, Christ loves you and he knows you. He loves you so much he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He shed his blood on that cross. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. And the living Christ calls you today right where you are. James Ingram is a music icon, multi-Grammy award winner and back-to-back Oscar nominee. James inspires and touches the hearts of millions of listeners worldwide through his abundant gifts as a singer, performer, songwriter, composer, arranger, and producer. In 2009, James returned to his roots with the release of his first complete inspirational CD, the much-anticipated Stand in the Light, inspired by the plight of the Hurricane Katrina victims. Stand features new works and Yamo Be There, his legendary Grammy Award-winning 1983 collaboration with Michael McDonald, and is the natural advancement in a career grounded in faith. Blessed with the influence and mentorship of some of the seminal forces in American music history, including Ray Charles, Marvin Gaye, Donnie Hathaway, and Stevie Wonder, and shaped and molded by Quincy Jones. James is here with his wife, Debbie, and their close friends, Roy and Kathy Sakuma, whose ukulele festival 
has grown worldwide over the past 40 years and whose teaching, production, writing, and speaking has influenced millions. Join me in this special moment with James and Debbie Ingram and Roy and Kathy Sakuma. Now, James, you've been a part of the, the Ukulele Festival for you know, a number of years now. Um, how, did, how did you and Debbie meet Roy and Kathy Sakuma? Well, I think it was 18 years ago. I was playing basketball somewhere around here. We were just out, out of vac- on vacation. And I ran into Roy, and we started messing around and stuff. And then <laughs> when he found out it was James Ingram, it was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Roy started this for me. Really? Yeah. I mean, so we talk about divine surprises. Yes. B- playing basketball? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 need to know, I need to know more. It's a little too general. Okay. What, what, what well, happened there? Well, uh, actually, uh, it was after the basketball where I saw him lying on the. <laughs> he was he was actually lying on the um, the side of the track at UH Cookfield, and I was walking around taking a lap. Okay. <coughs> and I said hi to uh, James and his friend, and uh, they said hi back, and I walked around the second lap, and they were still there, all perspiring, just kind of resting, and so I I started talking to him, and uh, uh, it was such a great conversation like it was just like we were friends for a long time already just talking and uh, James mentioned that he was on his way back from a southeast tour and I said well, what do you do and he said oh I play a little keyboard <laughs> you know and so we're, I started talking about the ukulele since I thought he's a musician okay and uh, I went to my car and got a cassette of Otasan and I gave it to him I said here listen to this musician he's really great and now I still didn't know who he was so he reached out, and he introduced himself to me. He said, hi, I'm James Ingram. And so I said, oh, hi, I'm Roy Sakuma. But yeah, I had no idea who he was. And, and, and you know, it turned out to be the beauty of it because it wasn't about, it, it was about who we, were, who we were as people, as mm-hmm. we were just engaged in one another in the conversation and just the blessings of meeting each other. And it, it was later that afternoon where James was a guest at the um, Pro Bowl, and I just I was watching TV because I love football and I love to watch the Pro Bowl. And at halftime, they say, "Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James Ingram." And here comes James walking out with his mic. And I look at my wife and I say, "That that's that's the guy I met this morning, you know." And she just she Kathy look she's shaking her head right now. She said. <laughs> You don't know who he is. You teach his songs, but I didn't know. And and that's 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 the initial. That's how we met. And uh, from that, what happened is, uh, he had told me he's staying at the Sheraton Hotel. So I called the next morning because I had actually, the day before when we met, invited he and his family to dinner. And he says, "Oh, why don't you just call me tomorrow?" So. When the next when tomorrow came and I called him, he he laughed on the phone. He he says, Roy, I know you didn't know who I was, and and so he gave the phone to Debbie, and from there we started, we went out to dinner, and that's how it all started. Well, you know the the ukulele festival. I mean, it's grown for over four decades now, and and continuous increase over the years. Now, now James. 
you're here, you've been a part of it. Uh, what would you say from your, from your vantage point, um, why do you feel the Lord has blessed the Ukulele Festival um, in the length of time that he has? Well, I, I see the, uh, like some of the children, and it's, 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 it's more people up on stage with the ukuleles and stuff, and um, just looking out at the, at, the, at, the, uh, at the concert, you know what I'm saying? It was just overwhelming to me. And we talk, we talk about children and the kind of impact that, uh, I mean, just hundreds and hundreds of children uh, not to even mention when you mentioned we got two hundred volunteers and you just got a constant stream of of children up on stage um, going back to to childhood i mean there's that there's that that genesis of uh, the discovery of certain gifts certain talents that we have it It brings to mind here I am sitting with a, a multiple grammy award winning artist James, take us back where did you grow up, and I, I guess I should say because I know a little bit of the background. Where did you and Debbie grow up? Well, we we grew up in Akron, Ohio, and I met her when she was five and I was seven. And so later on, we became boyfriend and girlfriend, and then later on, you know, she became my wife and started dictating to me. <laughs> <laughs> What was it like? I see. I see Debbie. She's squinting. She's shaking her head. She's almost in agony over here. Uh, but what was it like growing up in uh, in Akron, Ohio? Well, we get we, we get uh, snow. <laughs> Our winters are real harsh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Akron, Ohio, was a great place to come up in. It was family oriented. My father, my grandfather, was a minister. James's father was a deacon of the church. Things were centered around church and the word of God. And uh, the foundation, the base of it was extremely loving, extremely peaceful. But, you know, as you grow in from elementary to adolescence, then that's where I think a lot of the um, wondering becomes in. But it was a great place to come up in and raise kids in. Who influenced you most, James, in your growing up years? Growing up years? Mm-hmm. Let's see. James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What was it about James Brown? I mean, to see him dancing and entertaining and all yeah. that stuff, you know what I'm saying? And he was in the grooves. You know, I loved it. What did he do in you? When you watched him, well, I know I can't dance to this day, so I mean, <laughs> it wasn't that. <laughs> but uh, you know, we had a band. Uh, we had a band in Akron, Ohio. We used to play some of his his his, his songs, and I had a lead singer because I wasn't a singer. Now, I heard that you know you you played numerous instruments, but um, did you take any formal lessons in learning to play the? The drums or the guitar, and no. Uh, I, how did the, you figure it out? From just being in bands, you know what I'm saying. And and uh, my older brother, he played the organ in the church. Mm-hmm. 
and we used to, you know, we had a piano in the house, so everybody would sit down and try to do something, you know, and I just picked it up, and it just came to me. So that was my main inst- instrument. A, a real gift, a real gift. It, it always triggers my curiosity when I, when I talk to certain people, extremely gifted people. How did you discover uh, this certain uh, passion and gifting that you had that that became uh, above the norm. How how did that happen? Well, as a musician, or well, we talk musician. Uh, you know, a song. I'm your songwriter. Um, well, the thing was, I, I, we came from Akron, Ohio. My group, Revelation Funk, and I was I was the keyboard player in it, and I sang background, but I was never a singer. And so after two years, they got you know. They got disoriented and they, they wanted to go back. I said, well, y'all have a safe trip because I'm going to stay here. So then my, you know, my girlfriend, she came out to be with me. And um, after that, I don't know how many years ago after that, but I was, I did this dem- demo. This guy said, because we was right, right. We're right at a place where... James and Debbie are going to explain the the strange connection of how really God orchestrated in a marvelous yet even mysterious way the actual launching into the stratosphere of the career of James Ingram. When we come back from our break, you'll hear it from them in detail. The way it happened is very unconventional. In fact, in many instances of the way they describe what actually happened, it's never been done before. How about you? Are there times in life where you just kind of clip along just because it's the way everyone else has been doing it? Or is there room in your heart and in your mind for God to do something out of the ordinary, a complete divine surprise. Because if you come to that place where you're open to God, man, who knows what God can do. When when we come back, you're going to hear it straight from James and Debbie Ingram. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Namelessly beneath the barren sky James 3.13 says... Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny. 
a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. This program is in memoriam to Grammy Award winner James Ingram, who passed away on January 29th, 2019. Join us now. Open your heart to what God has to say to you. You're listening to the Good Life Hawaii Radio Show. I'm Danny Yamashiro with my featured guest today, James Ingram, his, his dear wife, Debbie, and uh, Roy and Kathy Sukuma. Uh, this is a, a special program where, you know, I had one of those rare moments, those moments that you and I, well, some things you dream about, some things you don't even dare to dream about because you don't think that it'll happen. And then God does these divine surprises. Well, this was one of those, and I had to share it with you. To find out more about our show, if you're just tuning in right now, or want to hear the rest of this broadcast, go to thegoodlifehawaii.org and get a get the free podcast, but also send it to a friend or family member that you you know, just as you listen to it. Ah, my this person, they've got to hear it. I want to bless them. Go ahead and send it to them. James Ingram had a meteoric rise in stardom and the the way that it all happened back in the early 1980s uh, will just bless you and amaze you i'm here with james and debbie ingram roy and kathy sukuma to find out more about james and his music james ingram's music.com james ingram's music.com uh, here's more with that special interview I don't know how many years ago after that but I was I did this dem, demo this guy said because we was writing, writing in my house and I had a, just a little four track and he couldn't sing at all and I could sing background but I wasn't a singer and he said man I can get you a, a gig doing uh, demos for $50 I said you, are you crazy he said no I went up there and they Gave me the demo. I went in there and studied it for 45 minutes. Came back out, sang it. They gave me a copy and they gave me fifty dollars. Well, how, how? We got a phone call. How many? How how much time after that, Debbie? Um. Actually, uh, James did the demo, and uh, he was trying to give that song to another producer and said, "I just sang a great song and." I want to bring this song to Carl Carlton because he was working. His yeah. his his prayer and his dream was to become the best musician that he could be. And at that time, we have six children, but at that time we only had one. And uh, when he started working with Ray Charles and Charlemagne and all these other people, God had answered his dream. You're you're backing up backing up Ray Charles. Yeah. Yeah, backing okay. up and working in the studio with him. Yeah, he mm -hmm. Ray Charles taught James his first production skills. So he would come home every night like in heaven and uh he started doing uh well I can't say demos cuz he only did one demo. And it was like it, it it wasn't like it was God said I have something else in store for you James. Just hold on cuz it's 
you getting ready to take a ride. And so what happened was that demo was done by, uh, I mean, was requested by Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil, who are extremely extraordinary great writers. And they were signed to ATV Music Publishing Company. And they, uh, uh, Barry, years later, told me, he said, you know, Debbie, I never give anybody a copy of my songs, but I paid James his $50, and I gave him a copy of the song. Well, when James left the studio that day, he went to show it to Carl Carlton's uh, producer, and which he also played on Bad Mamma Jamma as well. But he showed them, and um, Leon said, it's a great song, but it's not for Carl. So literally four months from that date... From that date of showing him, I'm going a little ahead of myself, but four months from that date. The publishing company um, got with Quincy. No, no. Quincy called within two weeks of him doing that demo. And he called the house and he said, uh, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, guys. What happened was when James would write at home, we have known Howard Hewitt since he was 13 years old. And they would go in a room about this size with equipment. And back then it was the four tracks. Mm-hmm. And he would say, baby, you know, when I'm working in here, you can't come in here because we have no way to save it. And I said, okay, okay, okay. So I go out and the phone rings. And the person says, hello, this is Q. Uh, I'd like to speak to James Ingram. I said, Q. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry. This is Quincy Jones. I'd like to speak to James Ingram. So I prance over to the door and knock on the door and say, honey, come out because you'll want this call. You know, and so he comes out and uh, he picks up the phone and he says, hello. And he says, hi, I'm, I'm Quincy Jones. And is this James Ingram? And he said, yeah. He said, you don't want to sing on the demo? He said, yeah, well, I would like to get you into the studio. Are you signed you, Are you signed with anybody? He said, no. He said, get me into the studio for what? I to thought play? it was a joke. He thought yeah. it was a joke. He, I thought it was yeah. a joke. He hung up on Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was one of his partners, you know. And then Quincy called right back. And, and he talked to me and asked me about, you know, did I record that song on, on somebody's thing? I said, no, I just that was just a demo. Why? He said, I want you to come sing it on my album. I said, duh. <laughs> I mean, that's how it happened. Yes. And so I came in there, man, and I was scared. I, I'd never done nothing like that. And then another thing is I had never, you know, because I'm, I'm playing the piano, and I'll sing background behind my singer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But Quincy talked Pierre Cassette on the Grammys to opening up with just once with Quincy Jones and the orchestra and me singing. Man, you talking about somebody scared as I don't know what. I was trembling and ooh. This is actually the opening song of the Grammys. Yeah. But 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 you got to remember that that year, that was 4 months after he sang it because now time is moving. Okay. And it, it was on the dude. They had finished the dude. And then Quincy, when he heard it, he went back and he said, uh, I'm, I need that song. And his wife said, forget the song, you need the singer. And so um, he would tease James, man, you're going to be in front of five million people. He said, man, I don't know what a Grammy is. I don't want just to be in your presence is cool enough. So what most people really don't realize about that story and how good God is is that he never sang anywhere live ever 
as a singer except for the night of the Grammys when he won because he was up for three Grammys. Best New Artist, Best Pop Vocal, and Best R&B. Well, Cindy Lauper won it for Best New Artist, and Sheena Easton won it that year for Best Pop, and then he won it for R&B. But no one had ever won a Grammy without having their, their own album because he was on Quincy's, Quincy's album. album. So it was the first time it ever happened. Uh, James... Um, uh, what was his name? Rick James Rick, Rick was on James. the side of the mm-hmm. stage. He had just performed. He had just performing. He had that big record, Mary Jane, and all this. And so we all thought, oh, it, he'll definitely win it. Or Luther. Because yeah, Tina Turner and you know, James Brown was actually uh, to, to get the, uh, the, 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 the uh, announcement they came for out. the R&B uh, mm-hmm. song, right? And 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 James, uh, he just Rick James had just finished performing, performing but he didn't leave the stage he was over in the corner and we could see him right and so make a long story short when they said when they said uh, who won it right they said james and me and debbie start clapping because we thought it was rick james but then it was me and then she said wait a minute they're talking about you actually he and patty austin was so busy talking he didn't even hear his name <laughs> so you see me push him up get up they're talking about you and it from that day, from 32 years ago, it's just been an incredible musical ride for him and life for us. You know, when you describe it, it's, uh, I mean, it's stuff that people can't even dream up. You know, it, it's that magnanimous in terms of uh, uh, the actual reality that something like that would happen. We talk about these sort of uh, fantasy type stories, but... You're living it. You've lived it. That was a, a real turning point. And it was like the Lord was was setting you up on a whole new platform. And he put you on a launching pad. And he, and he sent the rocket, you know, sent the rocket up. Uh, it makes me wonder, uh, when opportunities happen, you know, the thing is you were there. Sometimes opportunities happen for, for some people. They don't even recognize that what they've been praying for or hoping for or planning for is right in front of them. But you're living it. So you, you, were, you were there. You were living it. But uh, the grounding. I'm interested in your spiritual journey, uh, maybe leading up to that point or, oh. or even what happened after that. No, Share that with us. I had to go to church every Sunday because of my father. You know what I mean? When I was younger, I hated it. Because I had to go to church. It it was uh, until I got older enough to, you know, understand what was really happening. I I call it like a headlock Christianity. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) James Ingram is just about ready to talk about his uh, his spiritual journey, his upbringing. You know, to to have a career that launches like that, almost like an overnight sensation. Well, really, an overnight sensation, and then to to have sustainability for over four decades. In an industry where there are constant changes and uh, people vacillate to and fro, stable marriage, raising of his family, where does that stability come from in a world of change? Uh, That's certainly something that you and I can learn from and gain from. When we come back, we'll hear more from James and Debbie Ingram. But I want you to hear that song 
it's the song that uh, really catapulted, God used to catapult James Ingram into the stratosphere of a whole new area of entertainment, influence, awards, achievements, influence, influence. And his influence has continued. You hear about that because of the connection to his faith, his faith in Jesus Christ. We'll let you hear that famous song and hear him share, him and Debbie. We also have Roy and Kathy Sakuma in studio with us. Stay with us. We'll be back with much more. Wandering the road of desperate life Namelessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. This program is in memoriam to Grammy Award winner James Ingram, who passed away on January 29th, 2019. Join us now. Open your heart to what God has to say to you. James Ingram, his wife Debbie, is in studio with us in this uh, special program with Roy and Kathy Sukuma. They get hold of his music. Go to James Ingram's Music. Dot com James Ingram's music dot com. Before our break, we're talking about well, James and Debbie were talking about how you know almost like an overnight sensation. It took place. He won the Grammy Award from a from a demo, a fifty dollar demo. He wins the Grammy Award uh, in as part of a a CD, a, a part of a, a part of an album, not a CD, but an album. That was uh, part of Quincy Jones's uh, release. First time it had ever happened where someone wins the Grammy without having their own album. And here's James. And here's the song. It's a song called Just Once. It's a song that God used to launch him into a place of influence.
an ageless, ageless song. As you listen to it, it might, might take you back to some certain special memories that you may have uh, from sung by um, a crooner, James Ingram himself, who is in studio with us for this interview, along with his wife, Debbie. That's the song that uh, took him to high places, highest heights in uh, influencing people with his career, entertaining millions around the world. But in an industry of tremendous change and in a world of change, where does the stability come from as a family man, a growing, building career? Where did it come from for James and Debbie? They're here to tell all about it. Listen. Because mm. <laughs> I had to go to church it, it was, uh, until I got older enough to, you know, understand what was really happening. I, I call it like a headlock Christianity. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You better love him. You better love the Lord. <laughs> but but uh, my father had, you know, faith is the substance of things that are hoped for, but the evidence of things that are unseen. He had that on the wall, and he would come in the, he would come into the house and, and he would put this into our head. Son, faith in God and confidence in yourself and there's nothing you can't do. So he brainwashed me with that. Hmm. It's so, a good brainwashing. Yeah, and so when this happened, man, um, I took it. But at the same time, to this day, I'm afraid to act like I'm somebody when I didn't even know myself. Hmm. I'm afraid of that. Sort of a, kind of an inherent... It's a conviction, but an inherent humility that that's just kind of deep down inside. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't have that. They don't have that, uh, even even if they try to fake it. <laughs> yeah, well, see, we had the Bible before we had just once. Mm. Bible, Bible meaning basic information before leaving earth. You're going to leave. I'm glad you mentioned it, that uh, just once, and yet having the word of the Lord before. That all came about. So how would you describe, if somebody were asked you, uh, James, how did you become a Christian? What would you say? My, my father took us to church. He was a part of the, uh, the Sunday school teacher. And um, he just taught us. He taught us at, at home. Sometimes we would have, you know, Bible study. But um, I come up in the Word. I come up in the Word. Debbie, he talked about that day. You had to nudge him. He's getting called for the Grammy. He thinks that somebody he's talking to, he's talking to someone else, and uh, you nudge him. When did when did you realize? You know, this is this is huge. You know, my husband's music, uh, his voice, his name. Uh, when when did you recognize that? Uh, th- th- this was going far beyond any anything you would have ever d- dreamt of. Well, when I left home, I was 19 to go out to California and uh, to be with James. But I went out for a visit first, and then I came back. Uh, you asked James about his influences and how did he come in. My grandfather was a minister, and he was a godly man. And the way he walked and he talked, and he had 10 children 
uh, in my father's family on my mother's side had 10 children. I wanted that discipline. I needed that discipline. That was an inheritance that he gave to his grandchildren. I had long uh, understood and known uh, the importance and the love and grace of miracles. At 42 years old, he was diagnosed with cancer. And back in those days, uh, not knowing a lot about cancer, uh, he said he sat on a table and it was 12 doctors, 11 men and one woman, and they thought that he had a venereal disease at first. And he said he got up off the table, buttoned up his shirt, and he said that he was a minister, that he never messed around on his wife. And I assure you that that is not the case. So it started at as out as a pimple on his nose and it grew and it grew till he couldn't work anymore and he said one day that a little old lady and a little old man they called mom and pa came from the country and anointed him with oil and began to pray for 3 days and in 7 days that cancerous tumor began to leave his face and he had to make sure that each of us heard the story each of his grandchildren heard the story that uh, that we would pass that legacy on. And that's when he was 42. He passed away at 85. And I never forgot his walk. I never forgot his love, the way he talked about God and how important it was because it wasn't pushed. Religion wasn't pushed on us. But what was profoundly served to us every day was the Word of God. So uh, in seeing James come into his own musically, uh, my mother used to remind me when you left that day and you turned around, you said, Mom, we're going to be successful. I had no idea because what he asked for from God was to give him the strength to become a great musician because he plays by ear. He can't read music. So I had enough faith in him. I got a job. James traveled a little bit before we had children. Then he sold his band clothes. And then that day with Quincy for 32 years in an industry where marriage, staying married, married was unheard of, but we made a vow that we would not go in and out of our marriage early on. So we bonded, and by our parents and our families knowing each other, there was not going to be any foolishness going down. I can guarantee you that. How many years has it been? 39. 39. A testament and an example that we desperately need today, all of us. And uh, thank you for your faithfulness to God and your faithfulness in acknowledging His faithfulness and His grace. James, you know you say music is an important part of my life. James and Debbie Ingram sharing uh, where the foundation of their life has been. You know, sometimes we wonder what our priorities are, and we don't even really know. It's not clear. It it hasn't become a conviction, and and as a result of that, things begin to fray uh, right under our nose, so to speak, and we don't even realize it. When we come back from our break, uh, James and Debbie will share more. As you can tell, this has been an increasingly uh, deepened time of sharing. And I think we're very much blessed to be with them, to hear them, to hear them share from their heart to ours. 
the difference that Christ has made in their life, uh, how they've uh, followed the scriptures and, and the Lord has led them and, and guided them. When we come back, you'll hear more from James and Debbie Ingram. You know, don't we all need an encouragement? Don't we all need a boost? God knows. You see, because God knows exactly what you're facing right now. He knows what the struggle is. He knows what the stress, what the burden is. He sends James and Debbie Ingram to speak heart to heart with you in the name of Christ. When we come back, you'll hear more. Stay with us. Wandering the road of desperate life This is Danny Yamashiro. Don Pick Benson wrote, When I was growing up, my dad was a farmer, not a Christian. He had little interest in faith, having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale. But then a local pastor took an interest in my dad, asking if he could help plow the fields on the weekend. That one act of service spoke louder than words ever could to my dad. By his actions, the pastor made my dad feel loved, and that did more than any preaching could have. He didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the Bible. He needed to feel God's love for him. This pastor met that need in a practical way, and that's evangelism. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. This program is in memoriam to Grammy Award winner James Ingram, who passed away on January 29th, 2019. Join us now. Open your heart to what God has to say to you. James Ingram. Well, he's had celebrated performances in such high-profile events like the Oscars, the Grammys, the Super Bowl. And we're very privileged to have James and his wife, Debbie Ingram, here in studio with us in uh, part one of a two-part special. We're joined also by their dear friends and, and my dear friends, Roy and Kathy Sakuma. And it's a heart-to-heart talk, as uh, you've been listening, as you can already tell. If you're tuning in right now, you're listening to the Good Life Hawaii radio show. I'm Danny Yamashiro, and to get this entire show uh, go to thegoodlifehawaii.org. To find out more about James Ingram, jamesingramsmusic.com. jamesingramsmusic.com. Uh, here's more of our time together, and I'll be back with some uh, closing words. Thank you for your faithfulness to God and your faithfulness in acknowledging His faithfulness yeah. and His grace. James, I know you say music is an important part of my life, but it's not all of my life. 
No. You say, my family's my life. I never confuse who I am and what I do. How do you get such clarity? Because I knew my first father first. I knew God before I came into some music stuff. So I'm afraid of my father. Hmm. <laughs> you know it's like a God... A, a, a godly fear, a, exactly. a respectful, a, a, a reverence, exactly. reverence. Yeah, right. So I don't claim nothing. All the, all the, the uh, Grammys I won and all that stuff. I just think I give him. I'm on the stage. I say thank God. Matter hmm. of fact, hmm. when I, I, I first sang on Quincy's album, I did just once in 100 ways. On my first album, I'm the one. That came up with Yamo be there. Hallelujah. Okay. You know, the father's name Yahweh, son's name Yahshua, the Hebrew name. Mm-hmm. Shua means salvation, Yah meaning source. That's how you got the name of the. Give, give, give us the background, how, how that whole thing evolved, that, that name. What you, uh, because wasn't that with uh, Michael, Michael, McDonald. Michael McDonald, right? Right. Okay. Well, see, what happened was we were in the studio and I already had like the. Uh, on the uh, keyboard, I had the, the the verse. Michael McDonald came up with the uh, with the chorus, but we didn't have the the lyrics. And Quincy had a, a thing that was about I'm gonna be there, right? I'm gonna be there. And then after a while, he said, "You know what? I can hear them on the radio talking about I'm gonna be there." So then it went from I'm gonna be there. To I'm gonna be there, right? And so I got up and looked around and found a, a dictionary, and I looked up Yahweh. And I tell, I told uh, Quincy, I dare you to put a Y in front of the AH, and went over and seen on, on thing. Oh man, God, you know, such such. And then Michael seen it. You know what I'm saying? Yahweh. Hmm. And that's how, because I, I didn't come in there with that. I didn't come up there when, when I had a chance. Because first it was going to be, I'm going to be there. You know, like, so brother, if you're, if you're luck, someone low, reach out and call my name, and I'm going to be there. And then Quincy said, no, I can, I can hear the DJs now. Someone, I'm going to be there. It went from that to, I'm going to be there. And when, when they did that, I went on and uh, I said, hold on, and found a dictionary and looked up Yahweh, and I said, Quincy, I dare you to put a Y in front of the A-H. And he said, oh man, my kids are studying Hebrew because he was married to Peggy Lipton, hmm. who was Jewish. <laughs> so it's actually God will be there. Right. Heavenly God Father watching us fall. We take from each other and give nothing at all. Well, it's a doggone shame, but never too late for change. So if your luck run low, just reach out and call his name. His name, Yamo be there. <laughs> <laughs> and it took. That's James Ingram. He's uh, in studio with his dear wife, Debbie. And also our friends, Roy and Kathy Sakuma. Uh, this is part one of a two part special. Hey, Yam will be there. God will be there. He's right there with you at this very moment. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, isn't that a comfort? Don't we need such reminders? Oh, man, I need it. I need it. 
And then the Lord sends James Ingram himself, not only to talk about it, to tell the story about it, but to sing it for you. God will be there. God is there with you. The situation might not change immediately. The heartache might still be there. The tears may still be falling. The frown on your face still in existence, creasing uh, your face with wrinkles. But ah, Yamo be there. God with you. Hmm. There's a, there's a soothingness to that. There's a salve. It's like an ointment. In my pain, in my sorrow, in my brokenness, in my loneliness, in my dark depression, God is with me. God is with you. Jesus Christ, who loves you, is with you. Doesn't that make a difference just to know it? Somehow, in the low moments, there can be a, almost a switch, a click of hope saying, in this despair, God can make a difference. God still has another move. He still has another thing to do up his sleeve to surprise you uh, if you just hold on. And not just hold on to whatever. No, hold on to him. Cling to him. Cling to Christ. Center your heart, center your mind on the person of Jesus Christ. Cling to him because he is clinging to you. Inspiration from James and Debbie Ingram, jamesingramsmusic.com. My friend, God's timing is perfect, and there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus. Go to drdanny.live for next steps and resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and major platforms. Romans 12, verse 10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to James and Debbie Ingram, jamesingramsmusic.com. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember... The Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with the good life.